All right, well, good morning, folks. My name is Mike. I am uh, one of the pastors here. I'm helping with the uh, Connect ministry, we call it, to help uh, us connect with you, you connect with us, and uh, we're turning the lights on a little different this week so we can do something. Every first Sunday of the month, we're going to try something new here. We're going to ask you to pull your bulletin out, and everybody in the room is going to fill this thing out, this uh, connection card. If you didn't get one of these... On the way in, please shoot a hand up. we got some guys uh, that will have some of those. If you need a pen, shoot a hand up. Well, here's the deal. We want everybody to fill this out and fill it out and then do the little rip thing and tear it off, and we're going to put this in the offering plate later on. Why do we want to do this, you might ask? Well, the reason is uh, we want to be able to send you information. We want to be able to uh, shoot you an email uh, with some information about what's going on in one church. As uh, we try and cram everything that's going on in an hour here and get the announcements out and remind you what's going on, that is very difficult to do. So we're not going to be able to cover everything that's going on. We would like to be able to send you an email. So if you would fill this out with an email uh, address written in English, would be good. Because uh, what we're finding is when we get these things back and you're trying to fill it out in the dark up there, we can't read what you're putting down. So we send out this email to a whole group of people and we get about 70 back that say that's not the right email address or that email address doesn't exist. So even if you filled this out before, we're asking you to fill it out again so we can check what we've got in the system so that we can get you information, okay? I want to give you a couple minutes to do that. I'm going to finish mine up. I'm about halfway done. So everybody's doing it. And, uh, you know, you can discuss amongst yourselves while we're getting that done. Marie, I got you covered here. Wow. Well, we'll do it twice. Better to do that. See, what a team. What a team that is, huh? I'm not doing the kids, though. They've got to do their own. Now, also, just to give you some more information, I mean, we're not, the only thing we want is not your email address, but on the back side, it's got some boxes to check if you want more information about different things. Maybe you have questions about what it means to begin a relationship with Jesus. Uh, you can mark that, and we'll, uh, somebody will get in touch with you. Uh, putting in, if you want information about community groups, baptism, all these things that are listed here. If you have a prayer request, write it down here in the comments section, and uh, we'll, we pray over the, those each week. The other thing I want you to put on here, you heard Chris mention last week that we're going to two services starting on uh, Easter, the 23rd of March, right? That's a good thing. See, we're, we're filling up in here uh, week to week, and it gets kind of uncomfortable when you've got to get close to people. People don't like that, even though that's kind of what church is all about. But anyway, we're getting to, we want to be able to reach more people in the community. So there's going to be a service at 9 o'clock and a service at 1030. And what we need is about half of us to go to the 9 o'clock service and half of us to go to the 1030 service. So we would like you to indicate on here what service you're more likely to go to. So we can get a kind of an idea on the numbers, and if we have to come back and say, well, we need more to be in one or the other, we can do that. So if you wouldn't mind uh, just filling that out, just put that in the comments section. Just say what service you'd rather go, you would uh, probably likely go to. We can get some ideas on numbers. If you're a first-time guest or a second-time guest, you, you notice on the front of the card, there's a box for you to check. If you're a first-time guest, we've got a free gift for you out at the uh, Guest Central. On the way out, there's a table there. I want to give you a book by Andy Stanley. And it's a really good book. talks about how good is good enough and uh, what that means. Can we really work our way into God's good graces? It's, a, it's an excellent book. You should check it out. And uh, 
Uh, if you're a first-time or second-time guest, we're going to send you a special email to give you some information about the church and what's going on. All right? We got all that done? Nobody's done it. Who's got it done? Yay, there's one person excited. Okay, this isn't very exciting. We'll move on to the message. All right, we can get the lights to come back down. Uh, we've been going through this game of life, uh, talking about the game of life, and uh, we're going through the book of Proverbs. That's easy for me to say. Proverbs as we go through that. Uh, the pro- Proverbs are principles to live by. And in this, uh, in this Proverbs, we've been uh, pro- uh, applying these things to different things like uh, work life, social life, family life, and parenting. And that kind of thing. Today, we are going to talk about our spiritual life and what all that means. We are going to be in Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verse 5 and 6. And that says, uh, To trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. So, uh, we're going to talk about that today. And I, I'm kind of a visual learner, so I like to see things, not just read them. I mean, I like to read the words, and that's good, but... I like to see pictures in my mind. As a matter of fact, when I read, I kind of read slow because I'm oftentimes creating this picture or this movie in my head about what I'm reading. So I got a little movie clip here that I would like you to check out to uh, just kind of get an idea in our minds about what this whole idea of trusting the Lord uh, could mean. smirk on his face at the end. He was a little bit happy about that working out, wasn't he? If, if we're going to trust in the Lord with all our heart and, and to not lean our own, on our own understanding and in all our ways acknowledge Him, He will make our path straight. He will show us the way He wants us to go. And, that, and I thought that was just a really good picture of that. Trusting in something that you cannot see. God is spirit, right? We cannot, uh, we cannot uh, physically touch Him, but He's going to give us a way to go. And it's up to us to be able to, to to just have the trust in Him that He's going to come through for us. And so how do we do that? How do we do that? So in spiritual life, how does this play out? Let's go ahead and break these verses down and see what it means. So it says to trust in the Lord. So what does that mean to trust? 
to trust somebody. Well, I looked it up in the dictionary to make sure I didn't have it wrong. And it says it's a firm belief or confidence in the honesty, integrity, reliability, and justice of another. And that's what the English uh, dictionary says. And that's a pretty close definition of this word here that's used in the Bible, in the, in the Hebrew. But the, this word here also carries the picture of this trust being a place of refuge. Okay? It's kind of like a safe place. It offers safety. It offers security. And it's, it's almost like, I almost kind of pictured in my mind as kind of like a cave that's just going to protect, protect you from the elements and from anything, anything bad. And it gives you that comfortable feeling of trust once you get in there. And that's really, uh, really what we're talking about there. So how are we to do this? How are we to trust in the Lord? Well, it says there right there, with all your heart. What does that mean? What does it mean with all our heart? I, and... and they have this kind of a uh, saying, I guess. It, it really means the inner man is what we're talking about here, or the inner woman, right? So trusting in the Lord with all your heart, that means your, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, all the things that go on inside of you and, and that center really where your soul is at, trusting in the Lord with, with all of, of who, you, who you are. And so... If we, are, we know what trust means and how we're supposed to do it, the only other question here we have for the first part is, who are we to, who are we to trust in? And the answer is right there, right? The Lord. So, and this is talking about the one true living God. I mean, there's a lot of different versions of who God is out there in the world. But we're talking about the Lord, the God who is revealed in Scripture here in the Bible. So... The first part of that verse means this. To summarize, really, it just means that we are to find our place of refuge, our safety, our security, and uh, with our entire being, with our entire inner being, we're going to find the safety and security by trusting in the Lord, trusting in His honesty and His integrity and His reliability and His justice. And that's really what we're, uh, this proverb here is calling us to do. Our trust must not also just be entire. We just must throw everything at His feet. It's got to be exclusive. See, we can't trust in the Lord and trust in ourselves. We can't trust in the Lord and trust in somebody else. We can't trust in the Lord and trust in something else. We've got to trust in the Lord exclusively, and He will then show us the path He wants, to take, wants us to take. Now, this sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? I mean, we should just be able to walk out of here at the end of the service here, and we'll, we'll, we'll just all leave trusting the Lord and everything, won't we? It's a little more difficult than that when you get right down to it, isn't it? Because just like in the movie clip, we've got to deal with stuff we can see every day of the week, don't we? And we kind of have this spiritual side that we, we tune into on Sunday morning, and hopefully it becomes more than that, but, but how are we going to be able to trust in the Lord in everything in our lives for the whole rest of the week? It's been a struggle, I think, for all time. In, uh, in 1 Corinthians, it's got something to say about that. Chapter 3, it says, Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the Scriptures say, He traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, and He knows they are worthless. So when we think we have things figured out, generally speaking, when it comes to God's ways, 
It's always something different. I know that's the way he does it in my life. And he's always given me something to do that sounds kind of wacky or, or uh, out of there. And I will just kind of take over and say, no, this is the way we need to do it. But again, i got some pictures to come up here. And I think that when we start to figure things out on our own, we get ourselves into some predicaments, don't we? We find ourselves just kind of hanging out there in the breeze. And if you put up the, the first picture for me. Now, here's somebody thought this was a good idea, all right? We got a couple guys. They said, we can't get to the top where we need to get, so let's put this ladder in the front of this tractor. And I know it's still not tall enough, so I'll stand on the top rung and you hold me. This is a good plan, isn't it? Would you want to see your kids up there doing that? No, you would not. God does. <laughs> and this is what we'll do. When God gives us something to do, now, nah, I got this. No, I can figure it out. We can do this. All right, let's go to the next one. Okay, here's a good-looking ladder. <laughs> okay, yeah, that light's really high up there. They make something called a cherry picker. Okay, there's a machine that will actually get you up there without all this mess. But this, to me, was a great picture. God will give us something, and we'll try and support it with all this extra stuff when it doesn't need any support when it comes from God. So let's not try and do it on our own. Next slide. All right. I don't even know what to say about this one. He, he apparently thought this was a good idea. All right? I hope he doesn't lean back and bump that board out of there because he's going to be flat, isn't he? Now, again, this is when we think of it on our own, trusting in our own understanding, these are the ideas we come up with. They don't look smart when you kind of step back and take a look at them. What's the next one? Okay. Forklift, lifting a forklift, lifting something heavy. Look at, look at the bottom forklift. It's leaning forward a little bit, isn't it? This doesn't look like a good idea. As a matter of fact, I've, been, uh, I've worked in some warehouses where you know, there's a bunch of people getting fired over this one. All right, not good. Next one. All right. Apparently, it was very hot out, and they're trying to install an air conditioner or something, it looks like. <laughs> Who had this idea? The guy hanging upside down? You think he had this idea? And look at the guy over here on the left-hand side. He's got, what, his belt loop? Is that going to help? This is not a good idea. It's when we trust in our own understanding about things that we get ourselves into trouble. And God's saying, the wisdom you have is foolishness. Obviously, the pictures here we've seen, they're foolishness. But a lot of times we think, we truly think that the things that we are trying to get accomplished are really a good idea. And we can handle it. We can handle it all. But when it comes down to it, a lot of times, what we're looking at is just foolishness. There's a good example of God uh, asking us to trust Him in the Bible. And it's, uh, it's in the book of Joshua, chapter 6, and it's about Jericho. You may have heard the story about how they took uh, Jericho. And we're just going to read through parts of it uh, real quick. And this here is a perfect example to me about trusting the Lord. Uh, Joshua, chapter 6, verse 1. Now, the gates of Jericho were tightly shut, because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you're going to march around the town seven times with the priest blowing the horns. When you hear the priest give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can, then the walls of the town will collapse 
and the people can charge straight into the town. All right. Now, if I'm Joshua and I'm getting this plan from God, I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm just going to be shaking my head. Okay, look, we're warriors, right? We've been doing battle for a while. Now it's time to take this town. We ought to just take it the normal way, okay? We have a plan for this. We can go in there and we can take it. But God's saying, no, I want you to do it this way. And uh, for me, I'd just be like, hey, excuse me? A baking powder? I, no, I think what you mean to say is we should do this over here. And if we did this over here, it'd probably work out just fine. But God's saying, no, do this. Why do you think God gives them this crazy way of marching around the town for a week, blowing horns and stuff to make the walls come down so they can get in? What do you think? I mean, if I was Joshua, I'd be looking around for a camera. You know, I'm getting punked here. It's a candy camera or something like that. Somebody's trying to get me doing something silly. But God says, no, this is what I want you to do. And imagine while they're marching around the gate or the, the town for this week, what are the people inside doing? They started out afraid of them, and now a week, a week goes by where they're just going around. I mean, the first six days, they're only going around once. They've got to be laughing at them. They're probably taunting them from the wall, calling them names and stuff. And if we read on, so we've got this kind of an outlandish plan, right? And God's saying, do it this way. And God's saying, do it this way because He wants to show them that God is on their side. He wants to sh give them an opportunity for, for them to see that they can trust God. See, every opportunity we get to see God come through in a situation, it builds our trust in Him, doesn't it? Just like when we're dealing with other people. We'll trust people a little bit at first, and then as we get to know them, as we build our relationship, we trust them more and more with more things, don't we? You're not going to just meet somebody today and spill your whole life story to them usually. You're not going to tell them everything about you. You're certainly not going to tell them anything that you're struggling with in life. But as you build that trust over time, you're going to be able to share more and more in your life with them. And this is an opportunity for that to begin to happen for these people. Now, Joshua was a smart man. If we go down to verse 10, he knew he was dealing with church people. And he gave them the plan, right? And he said, we're going to march around the town once, once a day for six days, and then the seventh day we're going to go around seven times. And he said, okay, look, here, let me, let me clarify. Do, do not shout, do not even talk. He said, not a single word out of anybody until I say so. See, we don't need anybody grumbling in the back, you know, as we're marching around the town because negativity just spreads. We don't need any negativity here. God said He's going to do it. We're going to trust Him and He's going to do it. So obedience is the key to, to gaining more trust in God. See, He's going to give us something that sounds silly, but if we be obedient, if we can be obedient to that, what He's told us to do, we're going to end up getting blessed as a result. We're going to be able to trust God a little bit more. Uh, verse 15, On the seventh day the Israels got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before. But this time they went around the town seven times. The seventh time around the priests sounded a long blast on their horns. Joshua commanded the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and the others in her house will be spared, for she protected our spies. See, why did Rahab get to live and everybody else die? See, previously, Rahab had trusted in the Lord. She had trusted in the testimonies of other people. She had heard the great things that the Lord was doing out there, and she just trusted Him. He wasn't, he wasn't her God, but she trusted Him anyway. And as a result, she got blessed at, at, by it. 
So, uh, verse 20, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town. Another version of the NASB says the walls fell flat. I mean, it wasn't just a little crack, a little hole that broke up, open so that they could get through. The walls came down. And it was God that did it. It was nothing that they could have done. I mean, physically, I know this is impossible. I mean, you've seen maybe things on commercials where you can somebody's singing, you know, opera, and they make the glass shatter, right? Well, I don't think you can do that with walls of a fortified city, right? That has to be the power of God, and he comes through. So you see, he gives them the plan. They were obedient to the plan, and then God comes through. You can trust him all the time. He never goes back on his word. See, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 9, says uh, that this is what the Scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, and no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. These are believers. And this is one of my favorite uh, section of verses here in the Bible. It says, But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. Remember, we're talking about spiritual life here today. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, little less, his own inner being. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit, big S, and that is the Holy Spirit, which God gives to all believers. So it's really in our spiritual life, we have to learn about these spiritual things which we start off knowing not a whole lot about, but then God provides a teacher, a guide in our lives once we become believers to help show us His ways. Now, I'm not saying that they're all going to make sense just because we have the Holy Spirit, but it's a process that we go through in Him teaching us. In other words, spiritual matters, God gives us a guide, the Holy Spirit, to learn these spiritual matters. And the Spirit knows the Father and the Son because the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are one. They are one, but they are three separate persons. I don't know how that works. I just know it's true. So don't ask me to explain it. But here, one day, maybe he'll teach me what that means. Maybe he'll teach me how to explain that in a way that will make sense. But right now, all I can say is it's true because I trust the Lord over all the other things that he's done in my life. An example of that would be, of trusting in the Lord, would be me up here today. I have not been to school. I've not been to seminary to to learn all tons and tons about the Bible. I just one day, a little over seven years ago, I trusted in the Lord with my life. And I said, take it because I've made a mess of it and I need help. And he did. And it wasn't a couple years after that, he said, I want you to teach and preach. And of course I said, well, that's dumb because I haven't been to school. And we have this little argument. It's really me ranting and raving about how dumb his idea is, but God had already given it. He doesn't like to repeat himself. He just waited for me to get done ranting and raving about how dumb that is. And he said, at the end of it, he said, well, and I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. It wasn't that easy. It was months of haggling with him. And it, I, you never come out on the good end of the stick on that. God always wins on that. Just cut your losses and, and go with him the first time. This isn't easy is what I'm trying to say. Trusting God because he's always going to give you something that's bigger than yourself. He's always going to give you something that you can't get done. So when we're talking about God and getting things done, uh, I want to look at Colossians uh, first because we've got to know where we start from. It says, For God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through Him God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth 
by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you, who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That just blows my mind. God sees the, the believer, somebody who has trusted their life to Christ. They have made Christ Lord. They believe that Christ is the Son of God and that He died on the cross for our sins. Once you do that, God sees you just like He sees Christ. He sees you as faultless. And that's kind of hard for us to deal with because we want to pay for what we did. That's what the world teaches us, right? We've got to be able to do something to make things right. We've got to be able to say something, do something, pay something so that we can make that relationship right with God, and we can't. There's nothing, nothing that any person can do. God had to step in and make the way, and he did that with Christ when he put him on the, on the cross. How can I be up here today preaching about God when I know where I came from? I've done so much stuff I'm not proud of, and, and one of them, I mean, I was just so angry at God over the things that were going on in my life, I literally used to run out into the backyard, extend one of my fingers to him, and you know which one I'm talking about, and I would just curse him. I would tell him that he should go to hell. And you see how that turned out. I was so angry at him for the things in my life, I didn't realize that I needed him to take care of those things in my life. I was doing it all on my own. And it led nowhere but pain and suffering. And it's just an awesome testimony because my kids got to see this transformation happen in my life. My kids got to see the transformation that happened in my married life. My wife and I, we were at the point where we were going to be done. Fifteen years of marriage, it's gone. We were done. The only reason we didn't split up is because we were out on the rock in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, Hawaii, and she couldn't get in the car and drive off very far. She's going to come to the beach eventually. But God stepped in. God stepped in and He changed everything. Colossians chapter 2, You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ and He forgave what sins? The sins in the past? Just the sins you're currently doing? All sins! The past, the present, the future. This blows my mind too. I don't get it. How can He forgive me for stuff I haven't even done yet? Because He sees it. He's there at all times. He's all-knowing. And He has chosen, even though you're going to screw up, to forgive you. He loves you that much. And that's what we can't get over, I think, when we get when we're trying to do this spiritual life. When we're trying to work all this out in our lives and we can trust the Lord, but yet we're still going to sin and we're just, we're just struggling with that whole concept. But he's saying, look, I don't see any fault in your life. You want to bring up the sins that you're currently doing that, that, you, that you will do. He's seeing you as Christ. He's just saying, look, trust me, listen to me, and let's move on. Let me show you something about my glory. Let me show you something in your life right now. What's going on? What's going on in your life? I know, I know uh, there's people out there that have financial problems. You're, you're just a wreck financially. And you want to do the math yourself, don't you? You want to get control of that and you want to... How about getting the guy who invented math? 
All right? He created math, and he can make math mean, he can make one plus one equal a million if he wants to. And he literally can do that. Your money can run through your fingers so quickly on your own, but he can make it last if you follow him. Your marriage, I'm a I'm an example. My wife, me and uh, he she, uh, he will fix it, but you gotta trust him first. She can't fix me. I can fight my wife and win. All right? We went through a lot of years of doing that. She would uh, talk to me about what my problems were. I called it nagging. She called it talking, right? But then God steps in, and I can't deny when God tells me that there's something wrong in my life because He tells me in a way that says, here's what's wrong, and now I want you to go here. He gives me the path that He wants me to take. You got kids that are crazy out there? Trust them to God. Let Him take care of them. Because, I mean, it comes to a point where you just got to say, you know, I, there's, what are you going to do? You, you got you to... Gotta, it's the spiritual... It's the creation power of God. You know He made everything from nothing, right? So why not let Him have that happen in your life? Why not let Him do that in your life? Because it's a whole lot better than trying to get it done on our own. Verse 6. Back in Proverbs, seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. It's been true over and over in my life. And, and, and I can't tell you just how many times, I mean, there's been plenty of times when I've heard His path was this way, and I said, no, I'm going to go this way. And every time that I've done that, I've had to come back and backtrack and then take the right path. Trust in the Lord because you can trust Him with everything. You can trust Him with your whole life. And even though you can't see a light at the end of the tunnel in the middle of the business that you're in, even if it's your past that is haunting you, that just keeps coming up in your mind, when you want to step forward and say, God, I need your help. I I just need you to save me from this mess that's in my life. And and that past just tries to come up over your shoulder and, and remind you about what you did. Forget about it, man. Just trust it to the Lord. And He's going to forgive you. He said He's going to do it. He's done it for me. I've seen Him do it for other people. You're no different. He'll do it for you. And He'll make your life just so much better. And you've got to trust Him. You've got to take that first step. Because your spiritual life doesn't really start until you trust the Lord. You don't get the Holy Spirit until you trust the Lord with your life. So you've got to do that right now. And there's no secret to it. Just talk to Him. Talk to God and tell Him what you're sorry for. Tell Him that you, that you just need His help. Tell Him to, to be the Lord of your life. Ask Him to be. He's already offered it. Accept it. And your life will be changed forever. It won't necessarily be in your timing, but it will be changed forever and ever. So I ask you to do that today. I'm sorry, Josh, I'm late. Uh, but we, if you need to talk to somebody about any of this, Come down after the service. Get us in the in the in the what is this called? Guest Central out here. Thank you. And and just talk about it because it, it's it's a, it's what we're trying to do here. It's trying to connect with each other and and try to do life together. You know because I don't have all the answers. I'm learning them as I go along. And usually I got to mess it up to get it right. You know I got to mess it up two or three times to get it right. And I need people around me that are going to be willing to say, Hey, you're messing it up. I'm like, Yeah, I know. You know why, where, where were you a couple of days ago? We need that. And, you know, that's what small groups are all about. Get involved in a community group. You need to do that in your life 
and, and we get to share then what God's doing in our life. Let me pray, and we're going to close, but uh, I'm telling you what, man, spiritual life. That's where it's at. We've got we to do that together and uh, trust the Lord in that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for uh, just everything that you've done in my life and, and how you've taken care of my family, even when I was a total jerk. And uh, I just ask you, Lord, to, to just continue to work in, in our lives, but also, Lord, for those folks who are here that don't know you yet, uh, just beat on their chest until they hear you. Tear down any kind of obstacles that they have in the way. I know you've already done that on the cross, Lord, but there's just so much in life that drags us down. Remove those weights, Lord. You said we can take your yoke, which is so light. Show them how to take that step of, of faith and to trust in you in, in, in their whole lives. And, and then just show us how to just brag on you each and every time we get together. And, and I just praise you for what you're going to do. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.